Welcome to The Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope to the people of East London, and I'm praying that you would feel so encouraged by this week's talk. Hey, so we are um, in Luke chapter 4, and we are kicking off at verse 16. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A word of prayer as we start. Heavenly Father, we pray that you'd speak to each one of us today of your kindness, your love, your purpose for our lives. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to speak to you this morning about the anointing. The anointing. Yesterday, in Westminster Abbey, we witnessed... Uh, a ceremony that has been going on for about a thousand years and longer if you look back to the Bible, uh, the anointing of a king, an earthly king. It is rooted in a tradition that goes back to the anointing of Solomon by the priest Zadok in 1 Kings chapter 1. And it was watched by not just millions of people in the UK, but hundreds of millions of people around the world. And if you watch the coronation, well, there are lots of things that jumped out for me. Uh, my favorite moment was seeing Tosin. Do you remember? <laughs> I think we got a clip. Look, Tosin, who used to run the latent location, be careful, hang on to Steve. But Tosin was right at the heart of the service because uh, Tosin is uh, the chaplain to the Archbishop of Canterbury and was sort of involved in running the service. There he is praying for, I don't know what he's doing, but he's doing something. Uh, Tosin's on the right, by the way, just in case you're wondering. And Tosin uh, is one of our team. He's been here, uh, trained here, did his curacy here, led the, the plant that happened, partnership that happened with Leighton. And um, every time I saw Tosin on the telly, I wanted just to sort of jump up and scream, go, woo! Tosin, it was so cool. Um, the most intimate part of the coronation service, the most significant, is what is called the anointing. And it takes place behind three screens, hidden from public view, because it's considered so holy, so important, so significant. And what happens is the king is anointed by the archbishop with oil in three places. Firstly, on his head, then on his heart, and then on his hands. The service was all about being anointed. The reading that we saw just read for us just then from Luke's gospel is about God anointing people 
so that they can make a difference. And the world watched, well, we didn't get to see it because it was so intimate and so precious, but the high point, the center point of the coronations that we've had in this country for a thousand years is the anointing of the king or queen by God for their rule, their ministry, their service of the nation. Now, that is an earthly anointing. And as you know, well, you know, you don't get to take your crown with you to heaven. The anointing of a king for service is for a temporary period of their life when they serve a nation. One day that crown will pass to someone else and pass to someone else. And we see in the book of Revelation all the, the crowns in the end get cast down before the throne of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And while yesterday millions of people around the world, hundreds of millions, watched an earthly anointing, I want to speak to you for a moment today about a heavenly anointing. And the reason it's relevant to your life is that this is for you. You don't have to be born into a royal household. You don't have to be set apart by an archbishop. You don't have to be the king or queen of a nation. Every single one of us who puts our trust in Jesus is adopted into a royal family. And God anoints you with a heavenly anointing. In the second book of Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 21, it says this. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Three quick things that I believe God wants to encourage us as a church with today. Whether you're here for the first time, whether you've wandered in off the street, whether you've come all the way from West Ham or Leighton to be part of our celebrations today. Here are things, three things that God wants to do in your life today. The first is that God is anointing your head. God is anointing your head, your identity, who you are. It says this, he anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us. If we keep the scripture up, please. God is anointing you. He's put his seal on your head. What does that mean? Well, it means that your identity is secure. You don't have to be insecure about your relationship with God. He has already said over your life, this is my child whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. You are a child of the King of Kings. You are royal. Not an earthly royalty, but a heavenly royalty. So what that means is you and I can set our sights on heaven. Your identity is secure. Your purpose is assured. You can hold your head up high, knowing that you are a child of the Most High God. God is anointing you. Not just your head, but second thing, like the king was anointed behind those screens yesterday, the second thing God wants to anoint today is the heart, is your heart. Paul writes this, God put his seal of ownership on us, and if the verse can come up, it continues, and he put his spirit, where? If we have that verse up, put his spirit in our hearts. Let's leave the verse up. He put his spirit in our hearts. 
What an amazing idea that this God who has anointed you has put his spirit in your heart. That means that his presence is with you. It means that you're never alone in the highs and the lows of life. God's presence goes with you. You know, there are really only two thrones in the universe that are eternal. The throne at the center of heaven, where right now the angels bow down before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, where one day every earthly crown will be cast to the ground before the Lordship of Jesus. That's one throne. You know where the other throne is? It's in your heart. Who's on the throne of your heart today? We have sovereignty over our hearts. God gives us free will. No one can force you to be anything you're not. But in Jesus, we get to invite the Holy Spirit to put God on the throne of our hearts. And that enthroning of Jesus on the throne of your heart will last forever. So let me encourage you today. God wants to anoint you in your heart. Put Jesus on the throne of your heart today. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hide yourself in him. Let his presence live in your life, in the secret place where no one's looking. Deep within your soul, put Jesus on the throne of your heart. That's what he's anointing us for as a church. The head, the heart, and then finally, God anoints our hands for service to a world that needs hope. Paul continues, he anoints us as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. In other words, God is anointing us so that we might be a foretaste of heaven here on earth. Your life has a purpose. You are an embassy of hope. Every time you turn up and help at Lighthouse, or you help with kids, or you help with Hey Baby, or you turn up on a Sunday and help steward and look after you, or make coffee, make tea, when you serve people in your homes, when you love people at work, when you make sure your friends are okay, when you, when you pray, what you're doing is living in the now and the not yet, and bringing the kingdom of God as it is in heaven here in Hackney, in Homerton. West Ham and Leighton and Shoreditch. That's what we're doing. We're embassies for the future. And so God, I believe, is setting us apart as a church not to lord it over people. That's the opposite of what we're called to be. Jesus came to serve. And so as a church, we want to commit ourselves today to be anointed by God so that we can go and serve the people of East London. I wonder where God might be calling you to serve. What area he's put you in tomorrow morning, Monday morning, Tuesday morning. Where you'll be this month. What influence and impact you'll have. I wonder if God might want to anoint us as a community that wouldn't just build big churches for the sake of it, but would turn us inside out that we might be big in our love for the world around us. We might go and be measured by the depth of our impact and our service of others so that there's only one name who'll get the glory. There's only one king who'll be on the throne of your life. There's only one destination we'll be pointing people to. That's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus. And so I wonder today if God might want to anoint you 
not with an earthly anointing that fades when you pass on to the next life, but with an eternal calling that will never fade. The anointing on your head, your identity, on your heart, on the innermost being, the presence of God in your hands so that your life might have a purpose. I wonder what God might want to do with you in these days. So in a moment, I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite us. We come to communion together. One of the rare moments as a whole family, we come to break one bread. There's a moment in the liturgy when Naomi, who's leading communion this morning, will say, though we are many, we are one body. Because in Jesus, we get to be one. And we know where there's unity, God commands blessing. But before we come to communion this morning, I wonder if we might just ask the Holy Spirit to anoint you with an anointing on your head, your heart, your hands, so that you might make a difference in this generation in years to come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Is that all right? Does that make sense? Okay. Why don't we stand together, wherever you are. And let me just encourage you. When I said I'm going to talk about the anointing, some of you were like, yes, here we go, pastor. They're like Pentecostal and you was like, yes, here we go. Yes, the anointing. Others of you, maybe they're like the royalists in the room, were like, finally, you know, we're restoring the high Anglican worship of the Church of England. Here we go. But let me tell you this. Whatever your perspective today, this is for you. This is for everyone. The Spirit of God is being poured out on everyone today. It's not just for those who are on the stage. Believe me, it's probably not for those who are on the stage. We're just the the dinner ladies of the setup. We're just here to feed you guys and send you out. We'll be like serving the barbecue spiritually today. This is for you. You are called to make a difference in the world. God is anointing you today. But like yesterday when they put the screens around the king for that moment of privacy, I want to encourage you in this moment just to have a moment privately with God. You might want to hold your hands out as a sign to him, Lord, I want to receive from you whatever you might have for me. From the youngest in the room to the oldest in the room. You're never too young. You're never too old. So come, Holy Spirit. Anoint your people to preach good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring freedom for the captives. Sight for the blind, beauty for ashes, garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. On this generation that so needs hope, only you can do it, Jesus. Religion isn't going to do it. Big churches don't really help, I guess. Lord, what we need is you. We need you, Jesus. Would you come and would you help us right now? Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. And I wonder if you might, if you feel comfortable, just lay a hand on your forehead. We haven't got an archbishop today, but we've got you. (laughs) And why don't we pray, Lord, would you anoint our heads? That our identity would flow from who you are. 
not who the world says we are. Give us the mind of Christ. Help us keep our eyes on you. And then if you want to put your hand on your heart, Lord, would you anoint our hearts? Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In the inmost being, we put you on the throne of our lives today. And maybe you're here and you're never sure whether you've consciously put Jesus on the throne of your heart. Just invite him now. Lord, we dethrone the idols of our culture. We repent, Lord, where we have put ourselves on the thrones of our heart or others on the thrones of our hearts. We only want you, Lord. And then we hold out our hands. Holy Spirit, would you anoint our hands for service? Not that we'd make ourselves look good, that we'd pour ourselves out to those who are most in need today. And Lord, today as a church community, we pledge ourselves to the service of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That many in this generation would come home and would experience life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. If you'd like to find out more, give or connect with us, visit our website, saint.church. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.